Spectrum is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. The Scripps College offers the foundation for individuals seeking to blend creativity and practice so that graduates have the freedom to direct their skills and move the world forward. Its faculty takes a multidisciplinary approach to academic, professional, and social growth so that graduates have relentless optimism to navigate the changing environment. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics that are important to our daily lives. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policymakers, activists, scientists, innovators, and sometimes people who just have fascinating stories. Today, we talk with author, career counselor, podcast host, and friend, Beverly Jones. Her recent book is Finding Your Happy at Work. She also hosts the popular podcast, Jazzed About Work. She talks with us about how we can chase off the winter blues and shake ourselves out of those February doldrums at work. Bev, this time of year is tough for uh, a lot of people. Uh, You sort of hit that doldrum stage. You've got the winter blahs, whatever you want to call it. But it it goes from your personal life to your work and from your work back to your personal life. How can you separate those two? Or do you separate those two? How do you know if it's the blahs are caused by your work or caused by your personal life? Well, the blahs are probably not an either or. I, a lot of things come together. We only have one life, and that includes our work and everything else. So the sources can be complicated, but you can sort out the manifestations, and you can sort out the particular triggers, whether they're work or other things in your life. And that can be a useful thing to do because it gives you something to address. It gives you a, a starting point for making things better. So so how do, thing, you, how do you go about doing that, though? Well, uh, something that works for a lot of my clients, and I do it, is to write about it. Uh, some people keep a journal that they use throughout their life. Uh, some people uh, only do this kind of writing when they really feel like they need to sort something out. And, and there are a lot of ways you can, you can journal. You can do something called expressive writing where you just let it all out, how you're feeling, all of those kinds of things. And, and then that can help you examine what's going on. Some people like lists. I know people who like spreadsheets where they keep track of things. There are a lot of ways to do it. But, but writing and then um, sometimes even having a conversation with yourself. You say everything that's horrible and then you, um, you talk back to yourself the way you would as a friend. There are lots of ways that journaling can be the start of making everything better. You know, sometimes when I hit this spot, I, I talk to my wife and, and we sort things out. Uh, but, you know, and I know others talk to friends and, and other people in their, in their lives. But it seems like at this point, a lot of people are in the same spot. 
So that doesn't work so much anymore. Well, it's still nice to to have company and it's still it's always wonderful to find ways to connect with people, but particularly when so many people have been isolated together and seeing a very small crowd, uh, a lot of people I know are getting tired of each other. They're tired of trying to uh, <laughs> talk back when their spouses or their partners or their best friends are complaining. So a, a way to short circuit some of that can be to take the repetitive thoughts, particularly in your head, and start to deal with them. Because everybody you're close to may be uh, tired of hearing about them. And it's common to have repetitive, negative thoughts. Many times they're they're rooted in the past. I, uh, I think I tend to hear myself saying, um, gosh, they'd never accept me for this. They wouldn't publish this article here. I don't know if I'm in a good enough to try for that opportunity. A lot of kind of negative uh, commentary goes on in our heads. And I, I um, like to start with those repetitive thoughts when I start noticing them. And, you know, you and I have both been lawyers in our career. One of the things right. we learn how to do is argue back. So when I start saying, sometimes it's two in the morning, sometimes it's when I'm trying to think about what to do next during the day. When I notice that coming up, I start making a list and I argue back like I would uh, if I were talking to a, a lawyer friend where I could be compassionate but also very direct and say, that's just not true. That is not the fact. So talking back is a way uh, that you can turn your journaling into something uh, that can kind of move you along the process. Okay, so let, let's get down to why I ask you to come on this program with me. Uh, you just released not too long ago your book, your second book, Find Your Happy at Work, 50 Ways to Get Unstuck, Move Past Boredom, and Discover Fulfillment. And I thought of all the titles that I need, that's probably it right now. I have reached such a roadblock, uh, and I, I think maybe it's a combination of winter and COVID and being stuck in Ohio with bad weather, not being able to travel, not being able to see my daughter and granddaughter in Massachusetts, really being isolated. And that normally I can handle as a, as a personal matter, but it's spilling over to my work. I don't have the interest that I need to get my work done. Um, where do I go with that? Well, there are two starting points that I often use that I mentioned in the book. And again, these are things that I have noticed in myself. And uh, these are things I've noticed in my clients. And they also reflect lots and lots of research by uh, uh, people much more expert than I am and how uh, psychology impacts everything we do, for example. There are two uh, tools that I tend to look at, though, when you're, you don't know, is it, does it start with the work or is my life so negative that I can't do anything? The uh, one I call the engagement triangle, and that's really useful in sorting out 
uh, what aspects of your work you need to uh, refocus on in order to go forward. But for you, maybe a starting point is is the other one. I call it the four realms of well-being. And basically, these are just really short lists that help you sort things out. Well-being is what you have when you're you're healthy and you're feeling good in every way, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things. And what I find often with my clients when they're complaining about their jobs, sometimes it's that they're out of sorts in a bigger way. So we we look and talk briefly about the four realms of their well-being, and that's basically emotional. You know, are you just sad? Are you uh, feeling negative about anything? It's spiritual, and that can include a lot of different things for different people, but it's partly just managing uh, your own mind or being aware of values. For some people, you explore that with prayer. For others, it can be different kinds of, of, of mindfulness or, or journaling. The um, physical part is often uh, the one that's easiest to access. How's your body? Are you stiff? Are you sore? Are you tired? And then your brain. And for that, I include both your physical brain, because we've learned that so many things that we do uh, throughout our lives can change how our brain operates and how effective we are at work and also can affect our mindset. So so those are kind of four realms. So can, we, can I ask you a bit about where you are in those four realms? Sure. Uh, let's, let's start off in the order that you, you, you gave them. And, and by the way, listeners, I, I hope you're taking this as not just a, a session for me. I'm hoping that you jump in and answer these questions for, for yourself as well. This is to help you out, uh, not just me, but we're using me as the lightning rod and the example. So, okay, emotionally, uh, I'm pissed off. Uh, I, I'm, I'm angry. Uh, I'm um, uh, tired. Uh, I'm, I'm weary. Uh, little things that would be little things in the past now take on more monumental proportions uh, in, in my life. Little bumps in the road now become uh, big ruts. Uh, in, in the road, I can't seem to. Normally, if 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 I feel like I'm going to be depressed or something, <clears throat> with me it's like being in the ocean and looking out on the horizon and uh, seeing a wave coming. And if you see that wave coming, you can either go under it and or you can bounce over it or you can ride it into the shore. But you have some control. What you can't control is the wave that you don't see, and it smacks you and drives you down uh, into the into the surf and into the sand. That's how I'm feeling emotionally, driven down well, into first, the sand by that giant wave. Well, first, of course, the my book is about things we can all do for ourselves, but that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. There's so many counseling opportunities, so many... Uh, helpers out there. So anybody who's listening is feeling really like they're 
underwater, you know, don't forget the possibility that um, it's time to go to a counselor. Many, uh, an increasing number of employers provide access. So, so that's something to keep in mind. But let's you and I talk about the things that you might do. Uh, one of them, just in terms of what can you do fast to trigger a change in the state of your emotions? And research suggests that maybe the most powerful thing you can do is to um, to do something quick, is to look around and see somebody else who needs something and to find a way to do something kind. Human beings evolved to be able to work together. You know, in ancient times, in our hunter-gatherer um, phase as humans, uh, an individual couldn't succeed. You needed a group of people to go on a hunt or raise food or whatever it was. And the people who survived tended to be the ones who could connect with other people. And emotions like like um, kindness, compassion, they evolved in human beings as survival mechanisms. And they, the kinds of kind things you could do, eventually humans found that it made them feel good. So there's a lot of incentive to do something good to something else, somebody else. So one quick thing that you might try is looking around to do kind things for other people just to kind of shake you out of your emotional state. Another thing is Sort to, of get out of yourself uh, then. Get out of yourself. And, yeah. and another thing is to get out of the loop of that negative voice in your head the um, you are a highly articulate person, and I've noticed with my lawyer clients who are very uh, maybe litigators like you have been, they can be very powerful. So when they have a voice in their head, it's killer. I mean, they're really yeah. making a case about how <laughs> miserable right. the world is. <laughs> You're right. So, so, so that's where the journaling comes back in. If you kind of write all of the things you're saying, this is hopeless, yada 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 and then fight back, um, that fighting back can trigger. But I want to go to the the next realm um, because personally I find this surprisingly effective. This, and the spiritual realm? No, well, maybe it's no. not the next one, but uh, 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 because, uh, th- and these are kind of related. They're all related. Okay. It's the physical okay. realm. From the, what, all of these are part of our integrated being. And, you can shift your state of being by whatever is easiest, whatever comes easiest. So this, it might be the spiritual uh, realm, particularly for people who have a prayer or a meditation habit. But for many people, um, the simplest thing to do is to become active. When you are outdoors, particularly, which is not so easy this time of year, uh, but when you're moving outdoors or in your own basement, wherever it is that you have uh, an ability to, if nothing else, lie down on the floor and do sit-ups or whatever it is you can do, it changes the state of your um, your mindset. It, it, it changes your brain. So you start to see things uh, more widely. You become more creative. If you are, like so many of us, kind of housebound because of the ice and snow and, uh, you know, not as good a shape as we were 
uh, <laughs> 10 or 20 or 50 years ago, whatever it is, uh, a starting point is often to get active. So, so what are you doing to exercise and to keep moving? Well, that that that's been my only saving well one of my two saving graces to keep me at mm-hmm. least uh, uh functional and and that is uh, i've been forced to do some physical therapy uh because of a, a hip issue and so i've been doing exercises not only with a physical therapist but at home and that uh, seems to help some I can focus on that. Uh, my body feels sore, but in a good way. Uh, I'm 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 more active, uh, and so I don't get that uh, lump on the couch kind of feeling. So that I think I'm doing okay with. So there's exercise like you do something for thirty minutes, and there's something else that really relates to your mood, your state of being. And that's frequency of movement. If you um, are exercising regularly, say six times a week for 30 minutes, that is not enough if you're spending a big chunk of your other time sitting, lying on the couch, whatever it is. Our bodies were made to move pretty frequently. I, I don't know what you wear and if you have a uh, some kind of Fitbit or something like that. But I, I've got um, an Apple Watch. And one of the things it does is it tracks how many hours, in, in, in how many hours have you been standing at least one minute? And that I think the newest thinking is some people say 30 minutes. So that, that's really hard to do. But that at least every hour you've got to get up and it's not enough to stand. Your heart, your brain, your emotional well-being, they're not working well if you're sitting. So the next thing that you might try is to get up and move. And it's it can be walking around the house. It can be doing some squats. It can be doing stretching exercises. You might make a list of um, kind of two-minute exercises that you can do. Maybe you have five different kind of things you can do. And by the end of the day, you've had five sessions of twisting or balancing or whatever. That can have a, uh, a significant impact on all the parts of yourself. Have you ever tried anything like that? No, I haven't. And that's a, that's a good suggestion. Uh, usually when I'm in front of my computer, I'm there for a long time. When I'm uh, writing something, I'm there for a long time. If I'm recording something, I'm there for a long time. Uh, so I, I fall into that trap of not moving on a, a more frequent basis. And so that's, that's a very good suggestion. So that is um, something that you can start today, and it's kind of fun. And there's lots online for uh, with you know free information about how you can do little exercises. But you might also, when you're next with your physical therapist, ask about movement and ask for some suggestions. And I'd I'd suggest you get a little um, structured about it and have. A list. I mean, sometimes I stand up and I think, oh, what can I do now? It seems so obvious, but sometimes, you know, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> but right. if you have kind of a list of two-minute programs or things like that, yes. that can be useful. 
also, when I'm writing something, when I'm doing creative work like you do, I find that I, particularly if I'm stuck in any way, that if I get up and walk around the house, that can help me kind of generate some new ideas. So another thing that can work for you is to um, uh, just do some kind of creative thinking when you're walking. That's a possibility. Okay. Okay. That's and then that's when, another good idea. Yeah. And then when the weather shifts, and it will, um, there'll be a thaw even before we really get spring. Um, get outside. There's lots of research suggesting that humans are evolved to live and respond to nature. And there are studies showing that just 10 minutes outside for urban people, that means going to a park, that's where a lot of the research was done, just 10 minutes outside can have an impact on your mood. So uh, walking, you I know you live in a lovely neighborhood, you know, walking just a few blocks around your neighborhood. As exercise, it may not count very much if you're kind of strolling and observing, but as a way to change your mindset, to address your brain, to address your body, and even spirituality. For a lot of us, a connection with nature is a spiritual thing. By walking around outside, you can hit everything. That's an important um, thing to do. That's a really good uh, suggestion because I was reflecting as you were talking, you know, I I go sometimes two, three days without ever being out of the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think all of us uh, at this time with COVID and everything, especially older people, you know, you're more cautious and so you're, you're more isolated. But that isolation doesn't have to be within the four walls of your of your house. Uh, exactly. From what you're so, saying. get out and uh, walk your neighborhood, or uh, you know, walk the countryside wherever you are. Now, we have an advantage, my husband and I, because we have two Labrador Retrievers. So even if we don't, <laughs> you're feel forced like going to. Out, <laughs> yes, and and I think it's one of the reasons dogs are so healthy for you. You that you have an emotional bond with them. Um, they're happy and they can change your mindset and, and make you feel more optimistic just because they're having fun when they're playing, but they get you moving. And so that, that's a really important thing. Now, so, so you, you can uh, address all of these things on a walk. You can think in fresh ways. You can see things that stimulate you. You can use the walking time to change your mindset to a more positive one. You can feel emotion sometimes when you're moving. It's as though your motions are unlocked and particularly in nature, you can experience, you know, feel something in your heart. Uh, You can have a sense of connection with the world that's spiritual. So uh, walking outdoors may be going on your list, but I, before we run out of time, I'd like to talk a little bit about the other thing uh, that I mentioned as a tool for you as a way to kind of trick yourself into feeling more engaged in work. And that's um, what I call the engagement triangle. All right. Basically, there's just overwhelming research going back to, uh, you know, the ancient philosophers that there, there are three things that tend to make us feel better 
about work. And I don't just mean a job. I mean, it can be washing the dishes. It can be any kind of activity, which is about um, transforming something. And that's what work tends to be. And, but those three things that are so critical are your sense of purpose in doing it, the way what you're doing connects you with other people, and then how you go about it. I call it purpose, people, and performance. Purpose is something that uh, researchers have particularly focused on uh, in recent years. And there's a new understanding that the reason you're working can transform your attitude. If you work for an organization where you have a mission that you agree with, which I, I know you do uh, as an educator, sure. uh, you work at Ohio University and do some other things, and you care about media, you care about students, you care about your colleagues. So kind of reminding yourself of uh, why you're doing it, and also uh, reminding yourself about your team and talking about these things with other people, anything you can do to focus on the mission of the organization or on your own mission. Maybe you're doing it because you know you feel good when you have a creative breakthrough and it's worth trying. Maybe you're doing it because of the person you want to be five years from now. You don't want to be somebody who does nothing. You want to be something who's still creative and inventive. Whatever your purpose is, talk about it in your head or use journaling to write down about your mission and your purpose. And okay. then people, when you think about what makes work meaningful, it's often about how you connect with people. And I know you uh, sometimes have a, a sort of a shtick, which is very curmudgeonly. You talk about yourself as a grouchy <laughs> old man sometime, and that's your kind of, that, that, that's the persona you like to play with. But I know you're an absolute softy. And True. the joy True. you have from all the students who you've worked with for years, the caring yeah. you have for your guests and your listeners, that's part of what makes it worthwhile, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it really is. You know, working with people that I really like, uh, you know, and, and like beyond their professional capabilities, I like them as people, uh, you know, but I, I forget about that often. You know, it gets bogged down. It gets it gets pushed down, I guess, uh, underneath all the other crap that, that rises to the surface. So on a good day, when things are going well at work, tell me the categories of people that you're thinking about, including well, the I listeners, think about, obviously. Well, yeah, I, I think about audience and, and, you know, what what would interest people, what would perhaps help people, uh, what can I give that's value added to their lives. Uh, I, I think about the people that I work with and how incredibly talented they are and, and how I want them to know how appreciated they are and, and also to motivate them. Uh, to do more and to do uh, reach their full potential. Uh, and with students, uh, always, uh, you know, to assess a student and to make sure that student has the tools to go forward and succeed. Uh, and, you know, some of them will succeed uh, higher in their profession than others, but 
I, I really try to find something to motivate each and every student. So one of part of your purpose is people and those things overlap. So one thing that you can do when you're really feeling frustrated is remind yourself while you're still working so hard and then think about people at sometimes that means getting in touch with them, right? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it means reaching out in some way to do something kind. You know, we're back to kindness. So think about people you can impact and find ways to connect with some of them. And you have um, a wonderful opportunity with your your podcast. Don't don't you love connecting with your guests? Oh, I do. I lo- I'd love connecting with my guests. I'd love learning new things. I'd love sharing that with an audience. And, and my whole idea is that the audience should like eavesdrop on a on a really fascinating conversation uh, and and take something away from it. So that brings us to performance. You just kind of talked about how you like learning something new. You like being successful. Uh, you like connecting your uh, your guests with your listeners. When things are going really well, what is it about your performance that is exciting? Is is the learning part of it that's very exciting for you? I, I like learning, but I also like uh, the transmission of, of knowledge. Uh, one thing that I, I think that I've been good at throughout my career, and, and <laughs> maybe others don't, but I, I think I'm good at taking complex situations and translating them into understandable terms without being condescending. And to do that with my guests so that they can convey their message uh, in in the best possible way for the audience to, to understand it. Uh, that's what I try to do. So one of the things that you can do, because you love your work and it's very value-driven, when you're feeling blah and you don't feel like working, part of your way of of getting out of the doldrums is to kick yourself into gear and motivation will follow action instead of the other way around. Don't wait to be motivated to act, but kind of make a deal with yourself that you're going to do something really well. Okay. Sometimes I wait for the motivation (laughs) and you're you're saying flip that script. Exactly. That when you sit around doing nothing, nothing changes. But if you force yourself, and I believe that you're reaching out to me and saying, let's talk about these things. That's exactly what you've done. You have done some work as a way to trigger motivation toward your next project, to get some energy going. And if people are out there kind of listening, what can I do today? There's all kinds of work. It doesn't have to be your paid job to get you motivated. Just accomplishing something can can feel really pretty good. It can be cleaning the garage or, or, or tidying something around the house or, or uh, it can be um, you know writing a letter you meant to write. Do some work, take some action as a way to feel better about work in general. You'll 
you have uh, an opportunity to uh, trigger that spot of motivation and make it not too big. Don't take on a huge project that's going to take a day. Do something you can do in an hour and then kind of celebrate getting that done and come up with a list of other kind of small things um, because if you do a few things and you do them well and they don't take long, you'll start to feel better and then you'll be ready to tackle some bigger things perhaps. We'll be back after this message. Spectrum's brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. The Scripps College is one of the most comprehensive colleges of communication in the country. It offers a foundation of creativity and practice so that graduates can move the world forward. In particular, the Scripps College offers challenging coursework that holds students to high expectations an integrated curriculum that combines a variety of disciplines and ideas, and student-driven media organizations where students can apply these skills and gain experience that enables them to hit the ground running upon graduation. That's the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. I want to circle back, if I could, to uh, two other things that, that we didn't talk about, and that's spirituality and, and brain. Uh, I wrote notes down here. And, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I am not an extremely religious uh, person, uh, so I don't go there as my default uh, position when I, I feel troubled or, or down. Um, but you suggested other things, and I think there are a lot of people out there who are in my position that they uh, may not be uh, uh, super religious, but but they they still want something. Um, you talked about mindfulness and other things. Now, I, I, this is going to sound maybe weird, but I find some spirituality in when I draw. And when I draw, I lose myself in the character that I'm drawing. I, I go to that place. I'm totally present with that character as I'm drawing that, that character. Um, is, is that a form of spirituality? It certainly is a form of, of brain stimulation, but is that a form of spirituality? But that also yes. comes with some dangers because sometimes I lose myself in that well, and I become even more isolated. Need. I, uh, well, but I sometimes become more isolated by doing that. I seek that, that as that, the refuge. That's why keeping track of your various realms so that you don't forget people, uh, it's all about balancing. Spirituality is, it, it's hard to, to talk about because it's so different for so many people, but it is characterized, I think, by losing that analytical or negative voice in your head, kind of thinking at... Um, analytically feeling. I mean, it's, it overlaps. These things are integrated. But often 
being quiet, not having the voice, and just notice what's around us. Notice what's inside us, feeling a sense of calm. With that sense of calm comes often a sense of connection, a sense of uh, being connected with other people. When you're drawing cartoons sometimes, you're drawing people, or you can be connected to Um, to the world, to nature, to animals, whatever it is, feeling both calm and in some way connected that something other than yourself um, is a spiritual experience. I, for me, sometimes it's gardening, kind of being outdoors and forgetting everything and not thinking about anything. And it's, 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 uh, you know, I feel like I'm connected with the world and the world is good. Um, meditation is, is one kind of mindfulness. It's, it's, it's more structured and it's, it's just one path, but feeling at peace and at one with something beyond your day-to-day issues. That's a, that's a spiritual practice. There are two other things that I wanted to ask you about that I know are in your book. And, and you can bring them into the conversation as how they relate to my problem and the problems of our, our listeners. Uh, you talk about creating a positivity ritual, and you also talk about making a list of positive people in your life and starting to reach out to them. I, I assume those two things are, are connected. Could you tell me how that could work? to get me out of this bad place? Well, they can be connected um, or they can be kind of different activities. But but basically, emotions are contagious. If you're in a negative environment, if you're in a place where people are angry, that changes your view. But if you're connected with people who have a positive mindset, who um, have learned perhaps to be more optimistic. If you reach out to those people, um, you can borrow some of their um, positivity. But the the ritual is not necessarily about other people, although it certainly can be. A ritual can be something that you do consciously, almost like a mindful this exercise that can be very simple, but that you associate with positive feelings and that it can give you a quick way to trigger positive feelings. Now, this doesn't sound um, like a, a spiritual practice, but for me, it kind of is. I make a cappuccino for myself every morning and I enjoy the process of making it. It's, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm barely awake. I'm not thinking about it, but I kind of go through the same steps. I kind of know the steps. I kind of think about the day. I gradually um, kind of sip my cappuccino and I may not be thinking about much, just sitting with the dogs and enjoying that. That is a positive ritual for me because it puts me in a, in a, in an upbeat mindset and it, it helps me kind of get on to the next step in a calmer way. For some people, um, morning rituals can include 
uh, prayer, meditation. They can include exercise. They can include um, all kinds of journaling. But the idea is you find some things that help you feel centered and calm, like drawing. Drawing every morning could be a ritual, but you do them consciously and you do them every day because having something that you know works, that becomes a a path that puts you in the place you want to be. Bev, before we end up, I, I, I really want to stress, and I know you do too, if if people are in a dire place, uh, they should reach out for some professional help. There, there are ways that uh, one can do this online now, and, and there are various means of affordable, professional, emotional, uh, or, or mental health help. Uh, what we've been talking about are these places that people get to um, vis-a-vis their work and, and vis-a-vis their personal life. Uh, and these are some of the, the tactics that, that will work to get them out of that, uh, that bump. Uh, but if somebody feels that they're in a desperate state, they should seek professional help, correct? That. That's right. And sometimes when you're in a desperate um, place, it's difficult to get organized. How do I find somebody? What do I do? Will insurance pay for it? All those kind of things. So sometimes the first step is reaching to another person and saying, hey, I need some help here. I'm really feeling down and I need to help figure out how I can get some professional help. Can you help me make that uh, leap? And so um, the most important thing, whether you Uh, go online and you find an app or you find a hotline. There's so many things out there you can search and you'll get options. Uh, Whether you do that or you get in touch with another person, even a person you don't know well, but seems like a good person and just say, I need some help right now. That's the thing to do. Well, Bev, uh, I I reached out to you in my desperation, and you and I decided to talk about it publicly. And I'm 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 glad we did. I hope that uh, this conversation helped people. I know that there are people out there who feel, uh, uh, as I do, uh, beyond the blahs, and and some of them are are angry, and some of them are just down, but. Uh, Thank you uh, on a personal level, and thank you for uh, from our audience uh, for helping them out and giving them some great, great tips. Okay, well, you and I um, came up with a few things for you to try. Let's you and I check in again very soon, and, and uh, let me know how it's going, okay? Today, we've been talking with author and podcast host Beverly Jones about ways we can shake off the winter doldrums on the job. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available through your NPR podcast directory. 
We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have questions or comments about our podcast, or if you have suggested topics for us to cover, please direct them to me by email. You can do that at hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu. Have a good day, everyone.